This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, indeed.com, and Rocket Money. Welcome to the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Sherrod and Gary. Hello, friends. Happy New Year. Hello, Kwani. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Gary, how are you doing? Good. Two weeks in a row now. You're not Kawhi anymore. You're no, not Kawhi. Right I'm trying to. What What should I strive to be? She's back to being a black Gary. Is that what that you said? She 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 playing eighty all eighty two. There we she, go. Yeah, she playing consistent. She, 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 Jason Tatum right now. She no. If he can play, he gonna play. <laughs> How have y'all been this past week? What have you been up to outside of basketball? Just loving life. Loving life, Kwani. That's it. You just both teams play day. hard. Make Miss League. What you got, Gary? Can't have nice things. Oh, uh, I just got home. Obviously, went on the Denver, Oklahoma City, Dallas, San Antonio trip. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was able to, um, you know, get some time on the not the West Coast, but the South, see some people, and we had a uh, dinner. Interesting dinner. Me, Max, Sean, Grandy, and Abby Chin. That was fun. You know, we always. Mm-hmm. We kind of have our, I think it's our third annual dinner in San Antonio because there isn't much to do there and there's a great Mexican restaurant. So, uh, yeah, but just enjoy it now back home and, you know, the Celtics are back on the road. But, yeah, just enjoying, trying to enjoy 23, get better in 23. See, that's how you answer the question. Thank you, Gary. Sure, I also say, didn't do much this week, but... Generality, he's like... <laughs> you don't want to be playing hard. Both teams play hard. Make me sleep. Just being, being around... Like, you know, like when he answered the question, don't answer the question. Well, I'm in the process of planning my 30th birthday. So if anyone has any venues in Boston. Wait, that don't can, you got like four years for that, Kwani? I am flattered. Wow. A compliment. Look at that. <laughs> can we clip this compliment and I'll just replay it every day? Because that's the probably up. only one I'll get this year. It will be. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about the Celtics now that we've caught up on our personal lives. The Celtics now three games in a row, 32 from Tatum or more in those two wins, had a triple-double in one. Well, how do we feel about Tatum right now? I, just, I've, I feel like we ask this every week, but he's building upon continually on the momentum. He looks a little different to me now uh, because a little different from the standpoint of I'm watching him a lot more closely during the game, looking at his engagement with his teammates, looking at see what's happening when there's stoppages of play, looking at what's happening when guys maybe aren't necessarily where they need to be, and listening closer to what he's saying in post game. And Tatum, I think he understands that this is go time. This is when, if you are the face of the franchise, when you're that guy, you have to do the one thing that all the greats do, and that's be consistent. And that doesn't mean you're going to shoot 50, 40, 90 every night. But if you're not scoring at a great clip, find something that you can do and make sure you're doing that consistently. And I think that's what we've seen of late. You know, and the other thing about Tatum, I will say that I I think doesn't really get enough attention is typically how he plays against the best players in the league. When he's in a game where there's another guy that's in that MVP conversation, Tatum, he shifts his game to a different gear. It becomes about not only am I going to beat you in the stats game, but my crew is going to beat you as a whole. We're going to win the game and I'm going to out, out statistic you. And he's doing, I think he's doing that at a much higher level this year. And when you look at the last few games, you know, what, what he did, you know, in the matchup with Luca was, was impressive, you know, and, and what he's been able to do just consistently, I'd say this season, I mean, he, he's that guy. When you talk about MVP candidates, I don't think you can have that conversation and not talk about Jason Tatum. He's him. Gary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think Tatum's done fine. I think he's done well. I think he's an MVP candidate. It all depends on, I think, what people think of Luca in terms of like how far the Mavericks go. You know, um, are they the seventh seed? Does he push him up the second? Like, I think Luca is kind of the leader in the in the clubhouse right now for the MVP, but Jason still has a no ha- whole half a season. And I think, I mean, obviously he's always going to be in all NBA first team and top probably three in the voting for MVP. But, you know, I think he might be uh, kind of nudged out there by Luka Doncic. But I, I think that he's played well. I think he has gotten stay, gotten back in the habit of trying to get going on his three ball in the first, you know, just trying to 
and, he, and it hasn't gone. It, it did go through uh, against the Bulls. I think his three was 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 a, a nice clip. But I I want to see Jason uh, be more active, going to the rim and get to the free throw line early in games, not settle for the three. I know he seems to want. He likes to go to the free throw line and go to the rim in the second half, get those fouls, get to, which is good. But do that early too. I think he likes to get himself going from the perimeter. And, and I think some of the slow starts are maybe attributed to him and some of his teammates just kind of falling in love with the three. Um, but I think he's playing well within the game. The, the, the triple-double uh, at Dallas, although I will dispute that 10th assist. It was like a pass to Derek White who dribbled. Derek took three dribbles of two. Exploded and they called. But okay, this is the NBA assister, a little bit easier to get than the Bob Cousy days, right? So, um, you know, give him, I'll give him all the, the love for the triple, his second career triple double. But I think it's good. He's boarding a lot of 14 rebounds in that game. I think he's doing the little thing to help team win. And kudos to the pass to Al Horford last night. Like, as I wrote in the Globe, um, <laughs> Caruso and uh, I forgot who, Patrick Williams That's converged right. on him. And old Jason might have tried to split the double team, take one of those 15-foot floaters or maybe a more difficult shot. Instead, he sees Vucevic helping out on Grant and leaving Al open because he doesn't want Grant to have the ball at the rim. He had to make a decision because the Bulls sent two defenders at Tatum. He bounced the ball to Al. Al got a nice position and made the three to kind of clinch the game. And I just think that's maturity for Jason Tatum. Not to say that he doesn't like to pass or he's a selfish player. No, nothing like that. But he is very confident in his ability to score the basketball. And, you know, he did say, he did tell us he has the best handles on the team. He, to, to, to one of my questions, he said he has the best handles on the team. Not even close. Yeah, not even close. Um, he said that in, in, in Dallas because he had that kind of nifty, filthy move with the one hand when he kind of flipped it and kept the hand and laid it in. But I thought that was a very mature play of him. Hey, let me trust my teammate. He's had a couple of threes. Let's, you know, let's send him home with, with, with a victory. And let me make the simple pass, not try to split the double. And then here comes Vucevic. So, like, are you going to lob to somebody? Are you going to try to shoot it over Vuce? you going to try to get to the line? Like, no. Here, Al, get us, get us a bucket. And he did. And I think that's maturity on Tatum's part. And that's what I'm seeing this year. It's, you know, we've all covered him and been around him since he got here. And we've seen the maturity as a man, as a player's look. I mean, obviously, you got the full beard now. He couldn't get his joint to connect. For, for, you know, he was really <laughs> trying to get the – as a brother with a beard. And, you know, so like that connection is not always easy for some brothers. Like, that's a that's a thing women don't know about. <laughs> that connection thing is – We know about a, it because we know this one is not connected. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Gary, they know. Yeah, they just don't say nothing to us about it. Right. Like, no. James Harden didn't have that problem, but Jason Tatum, right. <laughs> Jason Tatum, we were worried a little bit. Problem, you know, <laughs> but Jason Tatum had that problem, and you know you get. But now he's he's just he's he's maturing as a player, maturing as a man, and making the plays to help. That was a winning play. Mm-hmm. That was the most impressive play, more than the breakaway dunk, more than a couple of threes. Here, Al, I trust you. You've hit threes. You can hit this one. Let's go home. It happened. So I was impressed with the maturity that Tatum's shown and the progress he's shown over the years, especially this year. Mm-hmm. What do you two think is, uh, and not to sound like we're speculating, but what do you think has been a factor in us being able to see that maturity on the floor? Go ahead, Gary. I just think Tatum has understood, like a lot of NBA players, when you get to the league, it's I'm, I'm trying to score, I'm trying to get buckets. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my shoe contract. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get on uh, commercials. I'm trying to drop bu- buckets. I don't care about no winning. Now I'm not saying he didn't care about winning because he comes right into a situation where they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's not like like I look at the young men in Houston, Jalen Green, Kenya Martin Jr., Kevin Porter, like they dropping mad buckets, but it's all in L's. So you 
get to the point where it's like, well, we're going to lose, so I'm about to get my 30, right? Like, Jason doesn't have that, but I think Jason was very confident in his skill set, but realized, one, you need your teammates to win, and two, great all great players are versatile players, okay? You could be a great scorer and not be a great basketball player. So, yeah, we see your ability to put the ball in the hoop, but do it more efficiently, rebound your six damn ten, and then also pass the ball to your open teammates and make your game easier on yourself because the double comes, somebody's open. So your their build, their desire, the Bulls' desire to double Jason gave someone else an open shot. So I just see the maturity of just him talking, probably talking to older people, talking to teammates, talking to people who pull him aside, the, the Blake Griffins and guys who say, hey, man, I've been a star in this league. So, or Paul Pierce's and guys that he looks up to and says, you got to take that transition from being a great scorer to a great player, a great team player. And I think we've seen that. And I think he's listened to people being, telling him, Jason, you know, the sky's the limit for you. Like you're built to be a ball player. You're 6'10", you're athletic, you're lean, you could shoot. You're long, like all the intangibles to make a basketball play. I used to say that when I was covering the Sonics about like a guy, I used to say I covered Rashard Lewis. Rashard Lewis was 6'10", lean, could shoot the three, dribble to the rim, had reach. Like if you're going to build a damn basketball player, I mean, you would build like LeBron or Giannis. I get it. But that's just superhuman shit. Like I'm talking about like a ball player. Jason Tatum looks like a damn ball player. And you have so many skills for which to hone that you could be one of the great Celtics of all time and one of the greatest players of all time. So he is working on that. I think he's listened to those people who have told him that and he's worked on his game and still, I don't know. He's he, he was still, he, only 19. No, he's 24. It'd be 25 in a couple of months. Um, but he's still not even in his prime yet. I, I'm going to, say this and, and and this is no disrespect to anyone who has played the game before him Tatum will finish the career as the greatest Celtic of all time I'm just going to say it right now if he stays healthy he will be the greatest to ever play for this franchise and one of the greatest to ever play the game because when you look at the basketball skills that he has he's at a point now where the basketball wisdom that comes about is starting to kick in. He knows exactly how to dissect teams. He's he for the most for the bulk of his career, he's made the game look really easy. Now it looks insanely easy. When you look at a guy like Luca, who again, we, we're gonna talk about him for the next decade as well. Physically, Luca is an absolute man child. He has certain spots on the floor that you there's nothing you can do but just take the ball out of the rim because he's gonna make it from those spots. Tatum is evolving before our eyes. When you look back at that Chicago game and look at the film, he went to his left more than I can recall him going to his left and finishing. That's something we didn't see two or three years ago. It's like he's figuring out how to dominate and crush opponents in mid-flight. And that, to me, is a sign of absolute greatness. And, And remember... Up to this point, damn near every year ends with Tatum is the first Celtic to reach this benchmark, uh, the youngest Celtic to reach this. But he's doing he's been doing that his entire damn career. The only thing that could derail that dude at this point is health. He's going to be he's going to have damn near every record. The only thing that he needs to do now, two things, stay healthy, win a chip. He does those two things. His legacy as a Celtic, his legacy among the all time greats will be cemented. And as Gary pointed out. Dude, only 19 plus five. Uh, he, he's, still, he, he's still a young young man. who, And we know, we've been in the game long enough to know that guys typically don't peak to like 27, 28 years old. This dude got another three. This dude got another three years before he'll be potentially at his best. That's some scary stuff. That's really scary stuff. When you look what he can do right now. Yeah, I think when you elaborate on the fact that I, I don't see anything crazy about your statement because Another thing that is to it is his advantage, and you both mentioned this, is the fact that he can reach out to mentors that have played the game. And what better way to become great than by reaching out to other greats? And I think if he can compile all of that wisdom and turn it into a career here in Boston, then that, I mean, it it speaks for itself. I don't think that would be an issue. But we briefly talked about the MVP conversation. Luca obviously still at the forefront of it. But what do you think Tatum will need to do to surpass him this season? 
Luca's got to finish in the bottom six, seven in the, in the West. I think Luca statistically is going to be better than Tatum, and because Luca is just a just a otherworldly popularity talent. contest slash. Well, there's like... a popular, I mean, there's there's popularity with it without question, but I think Luca. I mean, Luca is a once in a generation type of player. When you look at the things yeah. he's able to do, and I think Tatum in many respects is as well. I personally think Tatum should be the MVP because he's giving you the stats. He's giving you the dominance and his team is winning at the highest level. But I can understand why people would pick Luca because Luca can do some pretty special things out there. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be one of those two guys and maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo might get in the mix if Milwaukee can surpass Boston. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a Tatum Luca down to the wire wire finish for MVP. I know Tatum won't want to hear this, but he also has his whole career to get it as well. Players don't. Players Luka ain't trying to doesn't. hear that. I know, but to your point, if Luca gets it, we know Tatum can do it again. Well, if he gets it, Tatum's mindset is, well, I just need to get a chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if if you put a chip in front of me or an MVP, I'm gonna take that chip because that chip will establish your immortality as one of the all-time greats from a team standpoint. That yeah. will get you closer yeah. to the Hall of Fame than winning MVP. Yeah, I think, I think Luca's. I mean, I don't know what Tatum needs to do. Luca is just because I think the the the, the concept is with Luca is a one man team. You you see that Dallas roster? They lost Jalen Brunson for nothing, and just imagine if they had Brunson on that team this year. Brunson just dropped forty four the other night in a loss to the Bucks. They kind of let a growing emerging player just walk with nothing. No compensation. So their second best player is Christian Wood, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like no, guys that don't scare you. Like Christian Wood, I think is a is a very solid player, good, emerging big man. Dinwiddie has had his moments. He he he's one for the flair for the dramatic in terms of he's a great late game player and he can make big shots and Hardaway can knock down. But none of those guys is close to an All Star game. Not at this point. So it's Luca in the miracles. And basically, like, I think people thinking when Luca's scoring 60 on national TV, 50 on national TV, that's just going because everybody expects Tatum to do that with Luca's magic. Then I think also Luca's pedigree or lack thereof. What I mean by that is Luca was his MVP in your league. No one knew what the hell, no one knew Luca was going to be this good. No one. No one could project that. If not, he would have went number one to Phoenix instead of DeAndre Ayton. Unquestioned. He would have been Victor Wombiamba in next year's draft. If everyone knew, had the hiccup, had the scouting report that Luca was going to be a generational player. Dark. Yeah. Okay. He wouldn't have come out. He wouldn't have got drafted after Marvin Bagley. So, and then got traded. <laughs> yeah. And then got traded from Atlanta to Dallas. There's no way that would have happened. So I think the fact that Luca has exceeded all expectations, because mm-hmm. remember, European players besides Jokic and Giannis were considered kind of like disappointments. Remember, people were people were down on European players. You know, they were like, you know, Manjani, what? Yeah, drag Dragon Bender, and there, there, there's been too many guys. Darko, Darko, Dragon, Darko, Sharad's close buddy. You know, remember Dante Dante Exum. Remember the. The the cell like it was like who to draft Dante Exum or Marcus Smart like you know Dante Exum was supposed to be just a, a generational player like we've seen guys from Europe and and um, Australia because Exum's from Australia uh, come over here and we're supposed to be like real generational talents and you know busts. Or they became solid. Yeah, Ben Simmons, you know, like, and who's been good, you know? Yeah, you know. He's had a shaky, shaky but solid career, right? Made an all-star team. Okay, okay, you know, had some problems. But Luca is, yeah, Luca has gone through the roof. Him, Mm -hmm. Jokic, and Giannis are just, they've gone through the the roof. So I think the fact that no one expected, people saw Tatum and thought he's going to be really good. When he was at Duke, Luca, no one knew what the hell they were getting when they got Luca. Like he fell into Dallas's lap. You know, Trey Young has been a very good pro. You know, we can discuss that for hours. Whether who won that trade and 
you know, the draft picks. I think Atlanta got like who won that deal. You could say the Mavericks did. None of them went to the championship, so ain't no, you know, ain't no question winner. But I think the fact that um, the world supports like the Luca came out of nowhere and, and fans all over the world love him and the groundswell. I just think that does so much for him that Tatum doesn't have. Cause Tatum looks like Tatum, you're supposed to be good. Like, you know, you're maybe not this good, but you were supposed to be pretty damn good coming out of Duke. Luca. Remember, remember we were talking about Luca. We're like, okay. Um, MVP of the Euro league. That sounds real nice, but we didn't know how much, how many of y'all watch Euro league games? You know, um, <laughs> you watch, you watch your league games. I started watching it when the Celtics were, were looking at my boy Daniel Tice. That's when I started. Uh, okay, that's watch, that's acceptable. Man, well, you'll be watching no Euro League games. I don't watch them with regularity. I just watch them when, when to see Daniel play. He'd be watching Martin, man. Stop that. So anyway, I think Luca has that support, that outside support, and that like he just continues to to, to defy odds at being a six ten point guard, and I think that's going to put him over the top unless Tatum goes on a r- real tear, which is possible, and Luca kind of tails off. I don't know if that's going to happen. Cool. Well, before we move on, because we do have to talk about the rest of the team, and obviously it's always a team effort. Let's talk about one of our teammates, Bet Online. They're the number one source. They should be at least for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs, which we know are here and alive, of course, the NBA season, even esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost in all, all any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite leagues and events. You can head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus. All you need to do is use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. That's again, 50% welcome bonus using the promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the games start. So Robert Williams is another person that we have to talk about. Of course, he had his first start of the season, 6.7 rebounds in 23 minutes. What should be our expectation of Robert moving forward this season? Whew. Deep breath. Well, I, yeah, I had to take a deep breath on that one. Um, I think statistically speaking, we'll see a lot of what we saw against Chicago. Uh, the big thing about Rob has to be impact and presence. He has to make himself known out there. He has to be altering shots, which I thought he did a good job against Chicago. He has to get in the heads of offensive players and make them think twice about what they're going to do when they know he's on the floor. If he's doing those type of things, then he's going to be doing his job because just watching his Celtics offense uh, when he's out there, Rob is just a ball mover. Get Rob the ball, ball, Rob will pass to someone else. They're not actively engaged in looking for Rob as an offensive threat. And then pretty much any time he touches the ball in an opportunity to score, it's on an offensive rebound or it's on a lob. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. looking to get him the ball in a block and let him try to go to work. And I, I think that as we get deeper into the season, I would like to see them at least dabble at that a little bit just to see what it looks like. But for him to be impactful, he has to, again, make his presence felt, and that's not always necessarily going to be something we see in the stats. Yeah, I think Robert's ceiling this year is staying healthy, okay? Yeah, that's good. Staying healthy. Keep keep the brother in bubble wrap. <laughs> like, Robert... Keep the brother in bubble wrap. Bring, Robert... Black. Bring your ass home when the street lights come on. We don't want nothing to happen to you. <laughs> like Garrett, like when you're seven years old. Yep. <laughs> you and better feel for the street lights. And I'm hearing that Gail King voice of like Robert, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah, back oh, in don't, there. Don't do that. Don't Even do though it's different context, obviously. <laughs> but like, every time I hear the name. Quaddy, don't bring that up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To Robert. Life here. I'm <laughs> life here. Anyway, damn, Quaddy, you had to bring that up. Anyway. I'm sorry. Um, that sound is ingrained in my mind. But, you know, that's quite a little bit about the streetlights. 
Uh, I do know about the streetlights. I used to play outside. Hey, have you I was born before the digital era, okay? okay well, so, at the yeah, onset. Not really. Yeah, yeah, not really. But so, to, nice try. Nice try, Kwani. Good effort. Yeah. But, like, keep Robert on bubble wrap. Have him come home for the streetlights. Don't risk anything because you want him ready for the playoffs. You want him healthy, okay. right? So he's questionable for the New Orleans game. Because I think they wanted to play against Brooklyn and play against Claxton. So, if you know, Brooklyn, New Orleans got Valanchunas and um, the other kid, the, the other, other big kid uh, from Texas. Um, God, I should know his name. It slipped my mind. But now the, the Celtics can take a risk. But if it's, if it's to get Robert off his feet and he can play on Thursday, play on Saturday, play on Monday – Get his rest, like that's what you got to do. So I think I see Robert being impactful, twenty-five minutes a game. Take his occasional game game off the rest of his knee. Keep he you know, say keep him home before the street lights, uh, and make sure he's healthy when the playoffs start. If you get to the finish line and you win the number one seed, but Robert's hurt, you done defeated your purpose. So. If you got to add, we can talk about that later. You got to add another big to to give Rob some a breather or two with that 15th mm-hmm. spot because uh, you know we said goodbye to our friend Noah Vonley last week. Um, yes. In terms yes. of you know a good guy, a really good guy, really yeah. root for him to succeed. I don't know uh, if it's going to be on the, in the NBA. It could be at the, you know the end of a roster, but he's tried. He, he he put he put in his best effort, but. If you want to use that spot to uh, fill in with another big, do that and give Rob, get him off his feet. Then the playoffs, every other day he play, he can play. So I think I, my ceiling is for him health. Mm-hmm. The rest he'll take care because he knows how to hoop. All right. What about Grant Williams? He has been also stepping up his game. 20 points off the bench and the Celtics win over Chicago. How is Grant's role evolving for these, this Celtics team, in your opinions? Well, Grant, Grant's role, and I, and I talked to him about this before Chicago game, it, it changes. It's not going to be the same steady diet because he ain't that dude. Some nights they may need him to score. Some nights they may need him to rebound. Some nights they may need him to send a group text. Whatever it is, Grant is going to be uh, ready, willing, and able to do that. And we can have fun about the group text thing because Greg is yeah. up at, Grant is up. Grant, he finds it funny too. So we're not, there's no shade throwing at Grant. Um, oh, for sure. But, but I, I love the fact that he's open to the process of whatever they need me to do, I'm going to do. Because Grant knows that there's not one thing that he does exceptionally well uh, over anyone and everyone on the team. He's not the best shooter. He's not the best rebounder. He's not the most quickest, the athletic, or any of that. But when you take all those things and you combine them with his availability and his basketball smarts, he's a guy that can help you more times than not. It's just a matter of him figuring out on that particular game and that particular night, what is it that they need for me in order for us to win? And against Chicago, they needed him to be a stretch big. They needed him to take advantage of Jason Tatum on those driving kicks that Jason was doing. And the ball was moving a little bit better than, than it was maybe a week or two ago. And he was a benefactor of that he was able to make some really big shots uh, at the rim, as well as from the perimeter, uh, finished with 20 points, as you mentioned, and he got the win and he was a big part of that. Yeah. I think Grant needs to just keep doing what Grant do. Like, like um, Sherrod said, be that Swiss army knife. They need him to score against the bulls. He scored. He hit the open three. He drove to the rim. He played good defense. He he got some physical fouls. Like, you know, I think Grant is a guy who will never be appreciated for his mm-hmm. skill set because it, he does like try say he doesn't do anything flashy. He's not going to dunk on you. He's not going to dribble. But he just does everything well, you know. Um, and I and I think that if you're the Celtics now, you know his price is going up. Um, you know, you want to bring him back. I think he's a, kind of becoming an, like an essential, essential piece of the roster, a guy who you can maybe fill in and play more minutes over Horford. Cause I think Al is showing us that there's going to some nights. He just don't have it, you know, mm-hmm. at 36, that's, you know, most 36 year olds can still pl- play the game. 
LeBron James is the only damn one they bring to every damn night. Like most of the 36 year olds, you know, you just don't bring it every night like you used to. You just don't have it. And I think Al's starting to show maybe there's nights he doesn't have it, and you can give Grant can soak up those minutes. But I think Grant is an essential piece to this team. He has improved so much or with a shot, his confidence, his ability to defend, grab loose balls, make big game-winning plays, you know, and, you know, and still a nice guy when he's doing it. So uh, I think that Grant, I think the sky's the limit for him in terms of just fulfilling his role. And they can, and if he gets better and he, and he fulfills that role, the Celtics even be just that much of a better team. Yesterday's price is not today's price, says Grant Williams. Right. Also, with the the context of the group text, the Garden Report did a pretty good job of recapping slash dissecting that whole group text situation. So definitely go and watch that on YouTube. But Sherrod, do you have like an abridged version for those who may not be aware? Of what? (laughs) Of the group text. Like the fact that Grant sent the message out and... Well, I mean, it, it, again, they were they were in need of a voice to, to just kind of really snap them out of this malaise because they seemed like they were just kind of drifting out there. And, and Grant essentially put in a group text saying, let them know we need to snap out of this and, and, and some of the things they need to do. And I, I talked to Grant about having the confidence to do that because no disrespect to Grant, but you ain't Jason Tatum. You ain't Jalen Brown. You don't got the experience of an Al Horford. But you are good. Says when Sherrod said it's like Charles Barkley when he says, I love somebody, but he tears them to shreds. When Sherrod <laughs> says no disrespect, you you are about to get disrespected. You about to get disrespected. Just Grant, for our Grant, viewers Grant and our knows, listeners, I got I got nothing but Sherrod, love for Grant. If Sherrod That's ever says guy. to you no disrespect, expect the disrespect. <laughs> well, Gary, no disrespect, but I'm going to pretend that, that I'm not listening to, to what you're babbling about right now. Sherrod says, no disrespect. <laughs> Here comes the disrespect. Go ahead, Sherrod, finish. I'm, no disrespect, I'm Gary, but I'm going to move on. No disrespect, though. None at all. There no, we go. The, the, thing about, the thing about Grant is that he understands who he is, and he's comfortable with, with who he is and what he can say, and, the, and they're comfortable with him coming at them like that, knowing where it's coming from. And, and that's the thing that he he wants he wants them to be absolutely crystal clear on that. This isn't me saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's him saying, we need to do these things better so that we can start winning again. And, and, and again, it's unusual for a player that young who doesn't have a significantly prominent spot in, in terms of the, the team as, as far as being the first or second or even the third best player to be comfortable and confident to voice himself in that way. And, and Grant, I give him mad props and respect for that uh, because that is something that is not normal for a young player, particularly a young player on a really, really good team. Yeah. So well, no disrespect know, to Grant, but all the, disrespect. all the disrespect to Gary. <laughs> all the disrespect to Gary. You know what he says? No disrespect. You know. It's going to be disrespect. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a Grant Williams, someone to step it up for your team and your business, no one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. 260, you're going to need a hiring partner or a teammate that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skill sets, Indeed has a powerful, they are a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With their instant match tool, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. When you sponsor on Indeed, you're actually three times more likely to get a hire according to Indeed data. With Indeed, you can actually select for the skills that matter most to you, add from a selection of over 100 Indeed assessment tests to your job post, and that helps you hone in on candidates with the right skill sets even faster. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications and applicants that meet those must-have requirements. So if all of that sounds good to you, it's a new year. I know businesses are trying to revamp. You can start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post on indeed.com slash A-list. Offer good for a limited time. You can claim that $75 credit right now. All you need to do is go to indeed.com slash A-list. Indeed.com slash A-list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So we've hit 
a wonderful time of the year. Of course, it's the new year, but it's also the middle of the NBA season. So it's time to give out some report cards to this Celtics roster. First up, and we kind of talked about this earlier in the pod, but I'm still going to ask you, who would you say is the Celtics MVP right now? <laughs> I wish this was a little bit more competitive. Yeah, um, I really do. But for for me, it, it, I mean, you, you got to go with Tatum. Uh, if you're talking what? about a guy I'm that's shocked. that's in the running for league MVP, he's probably the best player on his team. Uh, the yeah. only other person that I gave some consideration to for this was Joe Mazzulla. Uh, considering all that Joe has has put on his has had put on his plate and the way he's been able to manage that and navigate that, he's the only one that I would even contemplate as being an MVP of, of what this team has been able to do at this point. But what Tatum is doing in terms of scoring and rebound and assist and winning and and the one thing he's doing and, and we've kind of alluded to this, he's maximizing the talents of those around him. He's making his teammates better. He's giving them opportunities to be, as Brad Stevens loved to tell us, the best version of themselves. Al Horford has become a catch-and-shoot guy. So in that pivotal moment, what does Tatum do? He draws enough attention that puts Al in a position to do what he has been working on all season long, which has become a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, you start looking at Grant Williams. He made some, some really big shots that Tatum had a lot to do with setting up. And if you start going through just the breakdown of this team this season, there's, there are a lot of moments like that. And that's what your best player does to impact winning beyond just being a scorer. And that in many ways is what an MVP should be about. Yeah. I'd say Taylor, um, but I I like Brown Browns, I think had a good year too. Taylor Brown. Uh, but yeah, Tatum through the first half, not only because of the points and uh, third or fourth in the NBA and scoring and just being able to, 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 to keep, take the team on his back, but just some of the, uh, the the other things, the rebounding, the assists, just the overall elevation in his game and learning how to win and help his team win on nights he's not shooting the ball well. Nights the three isn't going down. I see the learning curve, the process, and I said he's built upon last season. He's learned from the NBA Finals and and that, that difficult performance he had against the Warriors. And so I got to give him the, the MVP of the team. Sounds good to me. I think we can all agree on that one. Celtics most improved player award. Who are you giving that to? You got Gary. Wow. It's a good one. Um, I'm going to say Sam Hauser. Um, and I'm not, you know, like, you know, you could say Grant, but I don't think Grant, I think Grant from last, last year, Two yeah. years ago, to last year, I think he yeah. was his his leap. Um, I think I think this year uh, he's just taking the next step. But Hauser's been a guy who you know didn't play in the postseason, but now is a useful guy who can knock down threes. And he tailed off a little bit, you know. I mean, he got off to that hot start. I think everybody thought he was going to be you know the next Steve Kerr or something like that. Um, but I think he is definitely become a, he's a useful player. You can put him in games. Uh, that wasn't the case last year. So he's taken the next step from making an NBA roster to being an NBA contributor to a team, especially an elite team. So I got to give my most improved award to Mr. Sam Hauser. Well, you're right. Sam is, he's, he's played well. He's definitely gotten better. But for me, the most improved player on this team for me is Jalen Brown. And here's why Jalen went from being an all-star caliber talent to being an all NBA type of player in the shadow of a guy who was already established as an all NBA player. When I look at his growth and his evolution, I think about a guy like CJ McCollum who had many opportunities to make a similar leap and never could do that in the shadow of Dane Willard. Jalen Brown has been able to do that and do it well. And he's done it by simply being himself by doing the things that he does well. He's athletic. He's strong. He's got a great drive and ability to finish at the rim, and he's making the most of that. His ball handling can get a little bit erratic at times, but we've seen plenty of times where he's been able to use his dribble drive to get past guys and finish at the rim. And the one thing that a lot of players often talk about is that it's one thing to get better. It's another completely different matter getting to that top tier in the league where you're among the top 10, top 15 type players. And for Jalen Brown to play his way into being a top 20 player at worst, a top 20 player 
again, not being the number one option, not being that go-to guy. That says a lot about his growth. And when I look about the, the growth that a lot of these guys have made this year, and Sam Hauser is certainly one of those guys, I can't help but see Jalen Brown's growth being significantly more than the growth of anyone else on this team. I like that. That's good. The perspective. All right. No disrespect. It was a good answer. <laughs> absolute, absolute disrespect to Gary's answer. Who would you two say is the sixth man of the team this year? Oh, goodness. I, I'm going to go with Malcolm. I'm going to go with Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, just Malcolm Brogdon. Well, just because, first of all, he's their best player off the bench, number one. Number two, he's the one player on the bench who really, for most teams, would be a starter. Um, I can't say the same about Grant. I can't say the same about anyone else on that bench. And number three, you know, he's a guy that they are treating in a way that tells us all how important he's going to be to their postseason hopes. Like he is a load management guy right now, not because he's hurt, not because uh, of anything other than the fact that they are going to do everything in their damn power to make sure that he's as close to optimal health when the postseason arrives. And when a guy that is a backup is getting that type of treatment, it speaks to how important they are to winning for that particular team. So that's why Malcolm Brogdon, that's my sixth man of the year so far. Yeah, I got to agree. He's, he's etched himself into that role. He's become a guy who's not going to, like, Missoula's not going to start him regardless. He's come off the bench. He's given, given them a spark plug at times, gotten to the rim, hit a very good three-point shooter. Um, you know, he's had some issues on defense, but I think he can improve. And, you know, but I think he's been a welcome addition, the type of player that they thought they were going to get. And I think he'll even get better. I think that he'll get more into the flow of the offense. I think he'll become a better defender in terms of uh, maybe technique here and there and, 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 you know, probably changing some, some things on the defensive side of the ball to where he's better. But I see, I see him working toward being a really, really complete player. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's other guys who have had their moments. You know, Grant has had his moments. Um, Luke Cornett has had his moments. You know, we, we, you know, Derek White's had his moments. You know, other guys really haven't. We haven't seen much this year, unfortunately, from – in my opinion, from a, from a Peyton Pritchard, uh, who you know, some, a little you know, some from Sam Hauser, but uh, I think unquestionably the guy who's like that leader of that reserve unit, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, so looking forward to the rest of this season, who do you two think is the player to keep your eye on? Who are you watching, Gary? Um, well, that's a good question. Um. <laughs> The guy I'm gonna I'm gonna come out the the guy I'm looking out for is Danilo Gallinari. Ooh, oh, um, yeah, that's a good one. Like we all looking, Gary. Yeah, like is he gonna come back? How close is he? And I'm not talking about you know it's been what three months or something three three and a half months since the injury, but will he be there for the playoffs? Well, you know the play the playoffs start um, about. A little bit more about about three months from now, um, he'll be six six and a half months in. Does he come back for the second round? Does he come back for the conference finals? Is that is there a possibility for him to come back this season? Is there a possibility for him to join this team in the playoffs? Is there a possibility for him to make an impact? So I'm looking out for the rehabilitation of Danilo Gallinari and how that helps the team if he is able to get some minutes and stretch the floor and hit some shots for this team in the playoffs, it makes his sign all the worthwhile, even though he didn't play any regular season games. So I think he's motivated to rehab. I don't think that they're doing this whole like Jonathan Isaac plan, the two year ACL plan. Um, you know, I think he'll be back sooner than later. I'm not talking about this season, regular season, but maybe for the second round, maybe, you know, I think they're, I think he's prepping for maybe to come back in May, four or five months away, and we'll see what happens and, and what he can give them. That's a good one. That's a good one. I um, I, the, the player that I'm, I'm real, no disrespect, Gary, that was a good one. Uh, the player that I'm looking forward to seeing is Robert Moore, Robert Williams. Uh, I, I, this Celtics team has to get back to being a top tier elite team defensively. And Robert Williams is a big part of that growth and evolution. And I'm looking forward to seeing how much closer does he move them in that direction over the last 
couple of months of the regular seasons and into the playoffs. Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're not going to win a championship unless that defense gets a lot better uh, and a lot more consistent. And Robert Williams, his ability to impact the game at that end of the floor is a huge part of that growth and evolution of the Celtics team. I like that one. Because the Celtics are a team, as we all know, on the rise. And if you want to rise and raise your savings, check out my people with Rocket Money. <laughs> Listen, okay. Uh, and I'm someone who actually, I am a Rocket Money person. So I, I love what they're about. Um, real, really, really, really good partner for us to have. And um, bottom line is, I mean, it comes down to, are you wasting money on subscription? Because that's what this is about. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people, they have these subscriptions and they forget about them. I was one of those people. Uh, maybe you've got that unused Amazon Prime account or the Hulu account that never gets streamed. They're all, well, these are great apps. Rocket Money is an even better app because of what Rocket Money can do to help you save money. Uh, it's a great app. It helps you track all of your expenses. And because of it, you no longer waste money on subscriptions you don't even use. You might have heard about it. Rocket Money, yes, formerly known as Truebill. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they're around eh, 80 bucks a month on subscriptions when truth be told, it's closer to $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars every month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app I love using, and it takes care of that for me and for you, hopefully, and that's Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for whatever you whatever you don't still want. You can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double billed, and I hate when that happens. So to cancel a subscription is super duper easy. All you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of use of subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash A-list. It can save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash A-list. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash A-list. Back to your Kwani Lunas led production production <laughs> well that's really all i had for this week oh damn uh, yeah i mean looking ahead they have the pelicans coming up the nets game will be interesting the nets right now i think are one and a half games behind in the eastern conference unfortunately they'll be playing without kevin durant who has unfortunately for who them for lovers of basketball I love and basketball. Former I don't New Jersey Nets fan. On the sideline, dressed and watched the game like me. I, but I never like to see a player go down, especially one of Kevin Durant's caliber. So the fact that he will be reportedly missing a month, which I mean, I guess is good for him because he gets to kind of chill for the playoffs. I don't know, but that will still be an interesting game to see how the Celtics match up against the Brooklyn Nets. What do you two have going on this upcoming week? Get you out your shell. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm just just writing and getting ready for the semester at Boston University. But we're writing for Ebony, uh, doing a little bit of book uh, review. Uh, I'm looking at Maya Moore, uh, new book uh, with Jonathan Irons, her, her husband, uh, called Love and, and, um, and Justice. And it's, it's a good book. It's a really good okay. book. I encourage people to read. I'll have something out later this week on Ebony uh, and conversation I had with them about the book, uh, just about their lives and about their little one, JJ. Uh, and, and so who will be I, his birthday's in February. I don't know if it's the same day as your birthday, Kwani. February 15th? Um, yeah, I don't think it's the 15th. I'm not sure if it's oh. the 15th, but he, he's a February baby as well. Um, but yeah, so that's oh. that's pretty much what I'm, I'm working on right now. I don't, and Gary, what you got, Gary? I wasn't booing you, by the way. Um, your story, I was booing the fact that you said Boston University. For context, just in case you wouldn't get that. Just following. Following uh, the Celtics, working on some things. I'll, I'll let you guys know in coming days about it. Things I'm gotten at works, but obviously, uh, good, interesting couple of games of New Orleans, Brooklyn, and then a uh, weekend in Charlotte, MLK weekend. Uh, that'd be interesting games, and so they, and then they get back, get back home. So uh, yeah, just following the team. Um, keeping up with, with, with the latest developments and we'll see what they do over the next couple of weeks. But I think things are going to get really fascinating with the Celtics for the, right now. Oh, absolutely. Actually, you mentioned MLK. If people are in the Boston area, I think this is pretty important. I'm not necessarily involved in it, but 
King Boston is an organization dedicated to like the legacy and life of Martin Luther King. As most of you may know, he went to Boston University coming up again. Wait, where, where do you go, Kwani? Uh, why is VUQ coming up? I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, so there is a famous picture of Martin Luther King embracing Coretta Scott King. We do not care about BU. Please put the sweater down. And someone has actually turned that embrace it's called the Embrace into a sculpture that will be unveiled on the Boston Common this Friday, which is the 13th. And it won't open to the public until February, but if you are interested in watching the live stream, it'll be on our NBC 10 Boston website. There'll be like a live stream for you to follow along with it. But I think it's a pretty historical thing for Boston to be hosting something I think as significant as a sculpture that's dedicated to MLK and his wife, because you know, Boston's history with, you know, Oh, Kwani, why you gotta go there? I don't know, I was gonna bring it up all day. But I think it's it's really telling that someone of his caliber was here and made a mark in the city of Boston. Also, if you're into true crime, we're following this story about Anna Wall. You wanna tell people how to to commit crimes, Kwani? I'm not, but this story is very intriguing and like I'm getting alerts by the second about it. So hopefully they can solve this because... This woman went missing. Go to NBC 10 Boston if you don't know what I'm talking about. Because this story is $450 worth of cleaning supplies? Yes. The husband got arrested and was smiling at the cameras. Like, what? I'm telling you. Did a Google search on how how do you get rid of a 115-pound body? Exactly. Like, it's all pointing to one direction. But uh, hey, until there's actual evidence, the man is innocent in our court of law. Other than that, I'm just working. Working as usual. Yeah, that's all I have. That's my update. <laughs> my in other news update. Well, once again, some love to our sponsors, Rocket Money, BetOnline.ag, Indeed.com. Use those co- promo codes if you're interested in signing up. For the A-List podcast, I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Aishra, Blakely, and Gary Washburn. As always, we'll be back next week, but thank you all for listening. And boo be you. Ha, 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 ha.